0: Hi there, and welcome to Not A Couple, a Will & Grace podcast. I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this week we're on Season 3, Episode 12, Crazy in Love.
1: Got me looking so crazy right now. Your love's got me looking so crazy right now.
0: Crazy in Love came on and I didn't dance. I didn't, I didn't dance. dance!
1: Um, other things that are crazy about Crazy in Love is that the song had actually not come out yet. <laughs>
0: yes, this is a totally different thing, which we're not going to explain because it sounds stupid. It's
1: apparently a movie. It's so bad it doesn't have a Wikipedia article. Don't waste your time on it.
0: Uh, let's do the episode description. All right. And then we'll just jump right into it. Will feigns interest in sports to score with Matt, Patrick Dempsey, the cute sportscaster he met while shopping. Jack and Karen ask Grace to exotically redecorate Jack's apartment.
1: I don't remember exoticness being part of it.
0: It's definitely starts off pretty exotic. She's bringing in that crazy rug. It
1: also ends with the Jetsons, so...
0: Meet George Jetsons. You know, Jetsons is
1: plural. It's Meet George Jetson, singular. But the family is the Jetsons, plural.
0: So in this episode, we uh, we get to meet Patrick Dempsey's character again, Matt.
1: Matt comes back. He's yeah. a jock. He's a jock.
0: Gay He's... jocks are fun.
1: Gay people. I mean, not really. But into sports are not the people I often align myself with. I'm much more of like a friend of Dorothy and mm-hmm. the, like their gaze that like theater and shit. So, I kind of like
0: sports sometimes.
1: You are a liar. Your liar. Tells lies. No, I like Okay, okay. Matthew like occasionally throws on a football game and calls himself I like boys.
0: watching sports. I know all the rules. I know many of the rules. What are they? I know th- most of the rules.
1: Tell me uh just tell me a rule about football right now.
0: Uh if you don't get across the 10-yard line in 4 downs, then you if you give the ball to your team.
1: Okay, I actually know that one. That's right. Good yeah. job. I'm proud of you. I
0: it. Sports.
1: Sports go sports.
0: Also, if you accidentally push the ball back too far, it's a safety.
1: Oh, I didn't know that.
0: Yeah, that's two points.
1: You see, I got A's in gym class, despite being a fat girl who didn't like to run, because I always did the worksheets.
0: Yeah, that's how you win, and that's how you learn about sports, and that's how you get a sporty boyfriend later in life.
1: Did you know that in Scotland, basketball is considered a woman's game? Huh. I know this because I've seen a film with Patrick Dempsey called Maid of Honor. Mm. <laughs> You've seen it too. I have. It's beautiful.
0: Fun fond memories.
1: Matthew and I saw this movie when we were dating together. Each other. We were dating each other. Not together. We were also together. We were together when we saw the movie. We were dating. And we had this long conversation afterwards about how if we ever broke up, we'd be the maid of honor slash best man at each other's wedding. And guess what? That might happen if we ever find love. (laughs)
0: Let's talk about Will's efforts to find love this week. Yes, we should. So, as one would expect, with the combination of Will Truman, Human Disaster, (laughs) and Patrick Dempsey playing a gay jack. Mm -hmm. Will spends most of this episode pretending he's into sports.
1: Yeah, and, like, they have this really awkward date where, like, Patrick Dempsey makes an offhand comment about how his last boyfriend didn't like sports, and so then you just watch Will start to, like, panic. Like, you can see the panic rising in his throat.
0: I actually... I I know that the whole point is that Will's totally in his head and he's, like, thinking things, like, wrong, but I kind of appreciate how it, it actually didn't feel when Matt said that, that he was saying that he broke up with him because he didn't like sports. mm mm-hmm. Like, I didn't get that at all. I could totally right. see Will getting that.
1: Right. And, like, he basically says, like, something to the effect of, like, oh, yeah, my ex-boyfriend didn't like sports. But, like, Will reads it as, I broke up with him because he didn't like sports. Right. And well, then- and also,
0: Will is pretending to like sports already. Yes. He just doubles down on it when he hears that. Like Right. So... Patrick Desi's character legitimately thinks Will likes sports, and he's like, right. huh, that's kind of nice. I'll be able to talk about sports with this guy that I want to date.
1: Right, because I'm a sportscaster, and sports is like an interest of mine.
0: Right. But also, because he's not a main character on a TV show, he is perfect and has no flaws yep. for now, and so we need to get rid of him, Yep. I'm sure.
1: Then he will have one fatal flaw, and it yes. will be something very silly. Yes. But yes, yeah, so then we even see this kind of reinforced later when the big reveal happens and Will you know, confesses that he doesn't like sports and he doesn't like to play sports. And like Patrick Dempsey's like, yeah, I mean like that wasn't the reason I broke up with my ex. Like And also that was really
0: obvious. Like you lost every game. And when I said let's play a horse, you got down on all fours.
1: Which shazam! Like holy shit.
0: (laughs) That was pretty raunchy considering that we didn't get a joke about batting positions this week.
1: Yes, we didn't. So uh (laughs) they have a joke about baseball and playing baseball. And Patrick Dempsey's like, Oh, you should play with me and my friends sometimes and Will's like, Yeah, I love it, I miss playing and he's like, Great, what's your position? <laughs> and Will doesn't answer pitcher any or pitcher catcher
0: or any of the other ones. Like <laughs> he 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 says, "I'm for it." I'm
1: for it, <laughs> which admittedly is how I would answer that right, question. It's, it's
0: admittedly funnier, but like very clearly not what the original writing of this episode was going for. Like
1: it makes me think of we had this teacher in high school, Matthew and I both did. Where if you like totally fucked up an essay, like she'd be like, "Here's the boat, you're not on it." Like just like <laughs> missing it completely. Like, and for me, that's like. The joke was funny, but it also just felt like a missed opportunity. Yeah.
0: Especially considering that they were willing to go for something more brunchy later in the episode. Right. If funnier and less, like, inherently sexual, because it was mostly just Will clowning around mm-hmm. off camera. Mm-hmm.
1: Like, right, we right. didn't get to see him get down on all fours when
0: That would have been hilarious, said horse. Though.
1: Don't say horse. I said horse. <laughs> um, I always used to try to convince my friends that if we needed to play, we should play pig instead, because then I could lose faster and quit.
0: That is a smart strategy.
1: I was pretty much Cartman from South Park and that I'd like take my ball and go home I'm like hey guys, I'm here.
0: I did think it was played more endearing than manipulative that Will yes. likes sports. Like, like when you do this plot line on a sitcom, you always run the risk of the character seeming like super manipulative and mm-hmm. creepy and weird. And like Will actually comes off as like super endearing yeah. and he, nice.
1: He comes across as like trying to develop an interest in this because yeah. this guy likes it. And like he, fe- you can tell he feels immediately bad about telling this lie because yes. now he has to back it up, and he doesn't have he doesn't have that. He can't cash that check. Right. Like so, it's endearing to watch him try really hard. And like <laughs> you get this scene with him at the batting cages with Grace. Yeah. As he's like trying to like psychoanalyze himself and Grace, and Grace is like just hit the ball <laughs> because as we've seen in other episodes, Grace is like crazy competitive. Uh-huh. Um. And so like then she just like smacks a bunch of balls at the batting cages <laughs> just because Will can't. Admittedly, hitting was about the only thing I was good at with, like, softball in school. Mm. Like, I'm really ball. good at
0: catching, but not good at throwing. And that's the problem, is that you have to throw it after you catch it, generally.
1: Is that the problem? <laughs> so you're, you're, you're good at you're good at catching, but not throwing?
0: I'm good at pitching, just not in a straight line.
1: Sorry, you guys can't hear my eyebrows, but I just want you to know they're <laughs> No, waddling. believe
0: me, we can hear them.
1: Waggly eyebrows! <laughs> <Wiggle>. <laughs> um, oh. So, but yeah, so Will, he tries really hard. And so um, we have this moment where like, it's kind of like a background thing happening where Patrick Dempsey's character, Matt, mm-hmm. is like up for a job as like a sports caster. Right. Like, he's a sports writer and he's like going to become a sports caster. Right. And so he gets the job and goes over and tells Will, and they're all excited. And Will's like, hey, we should celebrate. Let's yeah. do something really athletic. And he's just, you know, practiced all this baseball. So he's like, let's play baseball. And Patrick Dempsey's like, Yeah, let's go play basketball. And, like, you can just watch, we'll be like, I didn't practice that one! No!
0: I will say, from uh, the perspective of a journalist, it's not very natural for a sports writer to switch just straight up to on-air talent. To be fair, it's more common than with other journalists, and also, Patrick Dempsey is Patrick Dempsey.
1: I mean, Patrick Dempsey is a good face. Yeah. So I can see that. Also, but, like, I just feel like sports is one of those things where, like, it's probably more about your knowledge of the game than it is about like your writing skills, per se.
0: It absolutely is. I don't is. know
1: anything about journalism, so I'm literally just making shit up. At
0: the absolute top of the sports letter, it is about your writing ability. right? Because those are sense. the people who are really good at not only knowing about sports, but translating it for an everyday person. Mm. That's the mark of a really, really amazing sports writer. Then like the further somewhere. down you go, it's the more you know about the sport.
1: Yeah, you see, I think I need those like sports for dummies.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: I just don't care.
0: Yeah. That's actually part of the reason why I think sports... If I remember right, I think sports writers tend to trend older because knowledge is more useful in that particular brand of journalism than any other kind. That makes sense. But that's not important.
1: It's not important. What is important is that Will tries to be sporty, spice, and fails, and pays a child to lose to him. Pays a child.
0: Pays a child like a little child. Like it. Like an like a seven year old.
1: I think it was the joke was he's seven if he's a day, but he's clearly like four. Yeah. Like.
0: Like, he's so young that they had to dub his line in. Yeah. He's that young.
1: He's tiny.
0: Before we move on to the other part of the episode, I want to talk kind of more broad picture about how the return of Matt in this episode seems to kind of carry on a continued insistence on... Insistence isn't the word. Um, Trend, maybe? Trend, I guess. But we're we're seeing a renewed focus on romantic plot lines. Mm -hmm. Not just, like, one-off people. Like, this is the first... Person that Will goes on like a second date with, basically that we see. Yeah, that we see. We've had a couple different people who he said he's going on relationships or second dates or third dates with off camera, mm-hmm. but I mean it's really the first one we're getting here, and it's coming in the same season where Grace gets her first like really significant long term boyfriend, right with Ben. Yeah, because we don't test hates.
1: We I hate, and we don't count Josh because he was a joke.
0: Yeah. And, like, there's a couple other guys she, like, sleeps with, but no one she stays with. Right. Like, so this season we have Grace and Ben as a a relationship, and we have Will and Matt as a relationship.
1: We have both parts of the show, like, actually actively seeking out romantic relationships. Yeah.
0: And it's an interesting shift because for so much of this show, Will and Grace has been about the Will and Grace dynamic. Right. About their aromantic relationship, how dysfunctional it is, Mm -hmm. how it keeps them from having romantic relationships. And now they're having romantic relationships and they're still having to deal with the fact that they themselves are sometimes the problem.
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's totally
0: true. Because, like, two episodes ago, we had that plot line where Will and Grace, like, realize that they are complete in and of themselves and Mm -hmm. don't need a romantic partner. Yes. Like, there's a... There's a different vibe happening this season that I like, but it's definitely a shift.
1: It's definitely a shift, but it's it's an interesting one because it's it's a balance that we personally are trying to strike at our own lives, as to like mm-hmm. how to balance those things. So it's kind of fun to watch them try, yes, and fail, mm-hmm. and try again, and it's mm-hmm. it's nice because at the end of the day, they're still friends.
0: Yes. Well, that's the other thing is that I feel like with Ben, and we haven't seen how Will's relationship with Matt is going to conclude or carry on or whatever.
1: We know um, it's going to conclude. He obviously,
0: is. it's going to conclude. You Patrick don't marry Dempsey. him, and
1: Patrick Dempsey goes on to be on Grey's Anatomy.
0: Yeah, he moves to Seattle, um, and turns straight again.
1: And divorces Addison Montgomery.
0: This <laughs> is the whole thing. Um, but with with Ben, I feel like that relationship kind of devolved for reasons that didn't really have anything to do with Grace's personality. Per se.
1: Yeah, I think it just had mostly to do with Ben's personality. I'm not gonna yeah. an
0: lie. And that's interesting to me that we're not blaming the dissolution of that relationship on Grace. Okay. And I wonder if we're gonna get something similar with Will.
1: I don't really like the use of the word blame here. It feels a little blamey. Oh! It doesn't <laughs> feel
0: blamey when I say the word blame.
1: It feels blamey. David, blame? I'm gonna punch you in the nutsack. <laughs> just...
0: Not that I make my nuts vanish like Statue of Liberty. <laughs>
1: Sorry, all I can hear is the X-Files song in my head. I don't don't actually know the X-Files song, but, like, I know it in my head, but I couldn't sing it.
0: You are a strange, strange duck.
1: I never watched X-Files.
0: I mean, me either, but I would never say something like, I know it, but only in my head.
1: Speaking of things only in your head, let's talk about the next plot
0: Yeah, let's talk about Grace's plot. I thought it was interesting that the summary of this episode really focused on the redecorating part of the episode. And not on the consequences of the redecorating.
1: Right. So, to give some backstory, if you haven't seen the episode recently, the episode starts with Will and Grace kind of having a conversation about how Grace is a liar, liar, pants on fire. and Which um, is
0: ironic because then Will lies all episode.
1: Yes. So, the conversation about it has something to do with they were at a party and, like, she made out with some guy who she didn't really like and then lied about it. It was kind right. of funny. Um, but, anyways, in the course of this conversation where... Will is telling Grace how much of a liar she is. She's like, hey, also, could you sign this letter from my shrink? Um, I am trying to get out of jury duty. And, like, the letter lists off a bunch of things that are, like, supposedly, like, psychologically wrong with her. And one of them is borderline personality disorder, which we're going to get into in a minute. (laughs) But, essentially, then she leaves this in her planner and then leaves the planner at Jack's apartment when she's redecorating. Right. And Jack and Karen, being Jack and Karen, find it. Yep. See it. And freak out. (laughs) And are just, like, terrified of Grace for the rest of the episode.
0: I just, I think this is such a roundabout plot in general. I feel like, like... it requires so many pieces.
1: Right, like, I feel like there were too many steps to get to the part where Grace is assumed to be crazy by Jack and Karen, and then they just let her do whatever she wants, and then she figures out that that's what they're doing, and yeah. runs with it.
0: Like, I had forgotten about that bit by the time they got to it in the episode, you know? Mm-hmm.
1: Like, they had to physically show the paper for me to be, like, reminded of what the hell they were talking about. Yeah.
0: And, like, admittedly, the, the kicker later where Grace finds out that they know and then, or they think they know and then, like, messes with them... Right. ...is better done and is funnier and is actually more interesting. But it takes a long time for the episode to get to that critical shift where they think she's crazy and right. respond accordingly.
1: I feel like, I don't even know what way to, like, trim that down, though. Like... Uh, like, not even getting into the intricacies of the mental disorder that they think she has, because they clearly don't have a fucking clue what that means. Right. Like, um, just like, I just feel like there could have been ways to get to that faster.
0: But, but I the don't thing know is how the, to do it. That plot setup is so complicated and unwieldy. Like, it requires so many moving pieces. It requires Jack and Karen to be mean to Grace first. Right. So that they can have a heel turn later.
1: Right, which isn't that weird. They're always pretty mean to her.
0: Well, okay, fair. It requires the whole doctor's note in the beginning, so you need to throw that in the intro. Right. It requires her conversation with Mr. Zamir, because she needs to be seeing... Flies. She needs to be seeing flies and yelling at people, and, like, she needs to have an excuse to be doing weird things to someone who isn't Jack and Karen. Yeah. So Jack and Karen see it and think she's crazy.
1: Yeah, so it's a huge setup, and, like, the payoff is okay. It's just okay. It's probably not that great. Um, but I feel like that's kind of also speaking to the problematicness of the whole episode content in general, regarding crisis right. plot. Like, I mean, like, maybe people who didn't give a shit about mental health would be, like, laughing their asses off about this episode. And, like, there were still parts that were funny, but I Right, I mean, feel we don't... I mean,
0: we were laughing. Right, we're
1: not saying that it wasn't funny and we didn't laugh. I'm just saying that, like, I feel like maybe if we weren't us, we might have laughed yeah. harder, if well, that I, makes sense. And I
0: feel like for an extremely plot, problematic plot line, I feel like we... I feel like we did laugh more than we did for other problematic plotlines. Right. I mean... Possibly because we're more familiar with
1: it, I guess. I mean, that could be... I mean, part of it is kind of funny in that, like... So, I am pretty open about the fact that I have some mental illness stuff. I have depression and anxiety and all that good stuff. And so, like, I relate to this a little bit because I've also taken one too many of those online questionnaires being like, do you have borderline personality disorder? And (laughs) and they're always like, yes, get to a doctor. And I'm like, am I just seeing what I want to see, though? Um... (laughs) So, like, that's a conversation to have with my psychiatrist. Not really the point. But the point is that if this is supposed to be borderline personality disorder, it's a really bad representation of it. Because, like, it right. seems like no one in the writer's room or the actors had any clue what that actually meant. Mm-hmm. Like, they just took it to mean, like, generically crazy.
0: Well, I think that's kind of the thing is I think, I, and I don't have any, like, background for this, but I feel like borderline personality disorder has kind of always been in media. The yes. catch-all for just generically crazy. Right.
1: Like, if you think of most, and it's always women, which right. is actually something that's pretty relevant in actual diagnoses of BPD, hmm. in that a lot of women are overdiagnosed with BPD because okay. it tends to pre- present itself as, like, aggression and anger. Right. And so if any woman with any kind of mental health symptoms represent like presents themselves with, like, aggression and anger, right. a lot of times they'll get diagnosed with bpd even though they don't necessarily have it
0: right because we're not allowed to get angry
1: right and then versus men who like are just assumed to be angry rage monsters from the jump so like they don't get diagnosed with bpd i'm actually
0: i'm actually thinking of getting angry rage monster as my next tattoo Well,
1: that'll be fun as a tramp stamp oh hi i'm not helping you put lotion on that though that's fine it puts the lotion on its skin um anyways but so, but yeah, in media, a lot you see borderline personality disorder. Like I can think of just a ton of representations just off the top of my head of women who are supposed to have BPD. Like Glenn Close's character in Fatal Attraction. Um, mm-hmm.
0: Well, like, Basic Instinct. I think Sharon Stone is yeah, supposed to have BPD. I
1: think so too. I think um, I know for a fact why a Writer's character in Girl Interrupted is supposed to have BPD because the right. woman that's based on actually does have a diagnosis of BPD. Right. Um, but you, you just see a lot of women in media who are just generically crazy and often very vengeful get slapped with that, right like, moniker. And it's, most of the time, not very good representation isn't accurate to life.
0: Yeah. It's kind of like schizophrenia having, like, the, the mass, like, um, catch-all term it is. Like, schizophrenia is basically just anyone who hears voices ever for mm-hmm. any reason. Uh, or for any, you know what I mean? And BBD kind of is the, the non-hallucinogenic flip side of that.
1: Right. It's sort of like anyone who's crazy but angry. Like, that's kind of what yeah. you get. And then and they're typically a woman.
0: Which takes away, like, PTSD and right. anxiety disorders and paranoia and yeah, all sorts of sure. other stuff.
1: And I mean, like, so just because we are a, a conscious podcast, I want you guys to know a little bit about BPD before we let you go. So, like, it is a mental health disorder. It's not entirely common. Um, It is often comorbid with things like anxiety disorder and depression, especially in women.
0: Comorbid Um, makes it sound so sexy, by the way. Just, like, the word comorbid, it makes it sound like you're in, like, a fun biker gang. Like, ooh, I'm so comorbid. To me,
1: that just sounds, like, dead.
0: Well, yeah, but, I mean, the word morbid means dead, kind of.
1: But, anyways. Anyway. If you're not sure what that means, it means coexisting conditions, basically. Um, But, like, tendencies and symptoms tend to be, like, um, frantic efforts to avoid real or imagined abandonment. So, like... Um, it's often sort of characterized as this sort of, I love you, don't, I, I love you, I hate you, don't leave me sort of thing, mm-hmm. where it's like people around you, you tend to push them away violently and then cling to them very hard because you don't want them to leave. And a lot of times that isn't actually based in any reality that they might right. leave, or it's like based on something very small. Um, there's a lot of stuff about like the way that you were nurtured in childhood may mm-hmm. present you with borderline symptoms later. Um, they also tend to, like, have, like, really distorted and unstable self-images and sense of self, and there tends to be a lot of, like, dangerous behaviors, such as spending sprees, unsafe sex, substance abuse, reckless driving, and binge eating, and also suicidal behaviors and self-harm. So, like, it's not a fun, crazy person to disease for TV. <laughs> like, the fact that this sitcom, name drop, borderline personality disorder, actually makes me pretty upset, because I, I know some people with BPD, and, like, they're not, it's not fun and crazy to be having, like... Right. Like an attack, basically, like... Right. It's actually very, like, anxiety-inducing and scary and Right, bad. right, right. And so, like... But... And, like, the way that they present her is, like, she's angry, which is often a symptom.
0: But to be fair, she's actually angry at them for being assholes. Right, but
1: that's the thing. is She's not, like, disproportionately angry. She's angry at them because they're being dicks. And she's angry at Mr. Zamir.
0: For, for being stealing a dick and stealing a paper. paper, yeah. So, like,
1: the the way she's reacting is actually mostly appropriate to the situation. Right. But just having this piece of paper and then these actions and then her, with the flies, batting around her head makes her seem uh-huh. like a cuckoo banana pants person.
0: Right. Well, and it's... This episode is actually kind of accidentally really indicative of how actual personality traits just kind of coexist with, like, actual mental illness. Where, like, right. if you have a lesser version of mental illness XYZ, you could be misdiagnosed with it, even though you're just a person with, like, emotions.
1: Right, and then I think if you think about just TV characters in general, they're not, like, fully fleshed human beings. They're caricatures a lot of the time. Right. Like, they might have backstories and more emotional depth, but they're not full, real rounded people. So, like, some of the things they do may appear symptomatic. Like, right. we were looking before we started this episode at TV Tropes and how there's, like, an entire theory that, like, Elsa from Frozen might have BPD. And like, It was
0: very convincing. It was actually a
1: very convincing argument, but, like, it's almost like, oh, wow, a good representation then? Like, she struggles with interpersonal relationships. She has a past trauma right. because... PTSD is comorbid. Like. Well, and
0: I don't... I think the thing that's important is that we're not saying that characters on TV shows, comedies or dramas, can't have mental illness oh, or no. shades of mental illness. Oh, like, Not at all. I think it's it's actually pretty well established at this point with Will and Grace that the two of them share a level of codependency that is a little unhealthy sometimes yep. that probably overlaps with some of the symptoms of BPD in both characters. Right. Will actually probably demonstrates it more than Grace because mm-hmm. he has way a way stronger emotional response to her abandoning him. Yeah,
1: he definitely does. He does tend to sort of represent more granted I don't want to say that we're like diagnosing these characters but again but yeah but like looking at Will's basic behavior he tends to cling really tightly to Grace and then push her away and Will is
0: way more likely to fly off the handle than Grace yes he is like if any if anyone has BPD but I mean like
1: (laughs) right but (laughs) like if anyone has BPD like it's not gonna be Grace
0: right like they're both clearly very messed up people But so are all of us.
1: Right. Like, I think that having some mild neuroses does not a personality
0: disorder make. Right. Plus, if you're on a sitcom, you don't have mild neuroses. Like, you are not on a sitcom.
1: You're a bowl of salad. Like, you're (laughs) a bowl of mashed potatoes. You're not a... Like, let's think
0: of a character on Will and Grace who has no neuroses. Well, Harlan
1: like weird compulsiveness to mention that he was cool with gay people so that seems like a neurosis.
0: Good point. A neurosis.
1: Good point. A neurosis.
0: Okay well then I'm out of people because I went all the way back to Harlan and that's it.
1: You know who maybe doesn't have any neuroses? Rosario. She seems pretty stable considering. Yeah that's a really good point. She's still working for Karen so like there's got to be something there. She's
0: definitely damaged.
1: She's damaged. Like
0: really damaged. But
1: like I feel like she's maybe like the most mentally healthy person on the show. (laughs)
0: Like (laughs)
1: Rosario is the epitome of mental health. Wow! God bless
0: Rosario! Wow! Wow!
1: Wow! Wow! This is my God bless Rosario music. I'm, <laughs> I'm so sorry, you guys. I am like seriously so stressed out. Like yeah. I can't even function.
0: So by the time you listen to this episode, we'll already be back from London.
1: But uh, we're about to leave as we're recording.
0: So it's a time warp. If-
1: so that slight tinge of mania in my voice is just like, intense anxiety!
0: <laughs> so we promise by the time you listen to our next episode, we will seem a little less diagnosable.
1: We might seem very sleepy, but...
0: But mostly, mostly not crazy.
1: Most, mostly not crazy. And right. we're maybe gonna try harder not to say crazy so much, unless we mean like something kooky and silly and yeah. not mentally ill.
0: Yeah. The more you know. <laughs> All right, everybody. Uh, Thanks so much for listening to us this week. I hope you enjoyed our episode. Tess, do you want to tell everyone where they can find us when they want to know more about us?
1: Yes. So if you want to find us, we have many social medias. Um, Our main one that we use is our Twitter page, which is at NotACoupleShow. We also have a Facebook page, a Tumblr page. We post our show notes on Medium. We post the episode on Mixcloud, iTunes, and Podbean. Um, We have a Patreon page if you feel like giving us money. But you don't have to. It's just an option.
0: We just really appreciate that you're here listening to us every week.
1: Yes, we do. But we know some people like to spend money on podcasts. And hey, if that's you, that's cool. And we will happily take your money. (laughs) (laughs) And we love you. We love you a lot. I love you so much.
0: Give me money. All right, everybody. Thanks so much for listening to us this week. Uh, We'll be back next week with more Will and Grace.
1: More willing
0: Christmas. Alright, once again I'm Matthew. I'm Tess. And this has been Not a Couple. Bye-bye. This episode of Not a Couple was recorded in front of a live studio audience of one cat. Meow. Hi Liza! Meow. This episode of Not a Couple was sponsored by that waggly eyebrow noise.
1: Waggly eyebrows, waggles.